Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. You know, somebody said once that our problem is not that we shoot too high and then we make it, it's that we shoot too low or shoot too high and then we miss, it's that we shoot too low and then we make it. And this whole song about, yeah, I will get by, I will get by, the rent's due and the dog hasn't been fed and the kid can't read at 17, but it's okay, I'll, I'll get by. You know, it's part of what I'm called the trance of scarcity. We, we buy into this idea that it's okay, we'll get by, there isn't enough, and so we should make do. Jeff has teased me for a while when, when we've gone house hunting for something. I, my expression is, oh, I could make that work. And I could, but it's a different, it's a different expression than, what is it I want? Let's envision that and embody that. And so often we stick with just, it's okay, it's okay, I'll get by. We, we grow up in situations where often there isn't enough to go around. For whatever reason, there isn't enough. And we, we get into the habit of believing that there isn't enough for us. Or we are given the message that we are somehow not enough. For whatever reason, maybe we're not as brilliant, it seems, to those around us as one of our siblings. I remember one of the expressions of my grandparents about my brother, who is, he's 16 months younger than I am. Oh, the little guy has so many questions. Now, now that I have a five-year-old grandson, I'm remembering that it's like, yeah, there's this age where they actually never shut up. <laughs> they, they have lots of questions, lots of answers, lots, 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 lots. But at the time, I think I framed that as, oh, he's smart, you're not. You know, which I'm sure is not what my grandparents met. But we take messages when we are young and we make them our truth and then we forget that we did that. Talk about a hidden treasure or a hidden booby trap, I guess might be more accurate. We, we have no idea that we're operating under this system. And yet we are. So when we did the meditation earlier and I asked you to think about something that you really want to create in your life, first of all, it's possible that you couldn't think of anything. And it's not because there's nothing that you want necessarily, if that's the case. It's probably more likely that your wanting muscles are pretty anemic and they need a little exercise. <laughs> so, and, and they would get that way if you have the belief that it doesn't matter what I want, I'm not going to get it anyway. 
or if there was some little chestnut that your parents threw at you every time that you wanted something, you know, something along the money doesn't grow on trees variety, um, that showed you that it was pointless for you to want. And so you learned to just trim those wants so that you would avoid disappointment. Because God forbid we will not survive disappointment. Truth? Not truth. Has anybody in here ever been disappointed? <laughs> are, are you all still breathing? <laughs> then we did in fact survive disappointment. But we behave as if we will not, and so don't let ourselves hope for things, want things, work toward things. But it's an important part of being alive, having desire, having passion, knowing that we are creators, and we can create. If we have the idea that this is something that I want, now, I'm not talking about you're watching TV and the commercials come on and say, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, or you're window shopping and everything you see is like, oh my God, that would be great, and that would be great, and that would be great, and that would be great. I'm talking about more of the soulful wanting, the things that come to you that, that don't let you alone because there's so much a part of who you are and you have no idea how to make these things come to life. You just feel the need in you to make them come to life. These are the desires that you have to put energy to. And if we don't do it, it's because we're under this trance that tells us something. So think about when we were doing the meditation and you're putting energy into that seed of whatever it is that you wanted, what were the weeds that came up for you? Or if it didn't come up in the meditation, just in general, when you're wanting to create something, what are the weeds that come up? Do we, we tell ourselves, we don't have what it takes. This person over here would be so much better at that. Who are we to think about doing something like that? Or we don't have the money and we'll never have the money. Or we don't have the job and how are we ever going to get the job? We, we have this attitude and it's important to find out what story we are telling ourselves. Because these are not true stories, but they seem true because we haven't examined them. And so as we become aware of them, we can upgrade our story. Think about it, you know, when you're a little kid and you have all the books on the shelf, you can have any story read to you that you want. Most kids have a favorite one and, and then they want to hear that story every time, like two or three times in a row often, right? Do you remember that? Because you like that story and you're, you're really just taking it into you by hearing it over and over and over and over again. 
That's how we learn. So we have stories that we have heard over and over and over again when we were little and we've taken them into us and now we're not examining them. So we have to bring them out into the light. And the best way to do that is to take whatever it is that is our desire that we want to grow, to have more of, and just head into it. And as we head into it, we will get held back by whatever it is that that our story is telling us, and that's a good thing. That holding back is a good thing because it gives us a chance to stop and see what is it that we are getting stuck on and change the story. I was having a conversation with Sylvia the other day about this um, play shop that we're going to do on, on the 9th for families, and, and she was talking about the two of us kind of bond over the getting serious thing and you know we're really good at working and and playing is something we have to schedule and think about doing you know which is not true for children it's not true for children at all and so she was saying you know well I don't know I don't know if people are going to want to come to something that is advertised as play because what are they going to learn from it you know, she was admitting, you know, I probably would not come to that because, you know, if, if it was advertised as all of these things that you're going to get to accomplish, it, you know, and, and I was just totally with her. It's like, yeah, we're kind of wired that way. And something that is just about play is so frivolous. And what is the point of all that? And there is exactly the point. Because if you are sitting here silently agreeing with us that that would be a waste of your time, you are the one that most needs to be there. <laughs> you know, on, on um, Saturday morning, Nolan was playing with these scissors. And what we discovered is that if you take two pairs of children's scissors and go like that, you now have a shape that looks exactly like a scissorsaurus because it's a kind of dinosaur that has all kinds of attack powers. And, and so for 30 minutes, there was the war of the scissorsauruses. And, and it was just this amazing thing to watch. And as he's narrating the story that goes along with this, I was so impressed with the vocabulary that was coming out. And I was thinking if I wanted to teach Nolan vocabulary the way it's taught in school, where, okay, here's a new word, now study it, apply it in a sentence, you know, oh my gosh, can you think of anything more soul-destroying than that? But... <laughs> Here he is, and he takes all these, you know, things he's re been um, read to in books, conversations that he's had, a little piece of a video that he snuck here or there, whatever it is, and it's like you put it in the Vitamix, and it all comes out in different ways, but he's learning vocabulary, and he's doing that through playing. He's, he's learning all kinds of things through playing. And even though those muscles might be anemic for us, they are still there. And because the older we are, probably the less good we are at playing, having a, a gathering where we have children here who haven't lost the ability 
is going to be so awesome for us because it helps us to get back into the groove. When I did that workshop with, with the woman, Chris Castaldi, who's coming before, I was amazed. Like there was this one thing with a parachute where we had to all lift it up and lower it at the same time without talking to anybody and say, okay, one, two, three, let's go. We didn't do that. We just had a sense. And it was amazing that we could move as one. It was so fun. And there were all kinds of games to play. Playing takes us out of our tired patterns of how we think it's supposed to do, we're supposed to do. And those tired patterns, they've got our, our trance ideas built into them, our limitations. If we can get out and play, things start to flow again. When I'm thinking about talks and, and I'm stuck and I don't know what I'm going to do, I go out for a walk. And every time that helps me, I, I have written more talks walking along and stop and make a note in my phone and keep going. <laughs> it's just, it's things are moving when I'm out and enjoying myself. We have to play. We have to play to let go of those burdens because when we are in scarcity, we have taken on burdens. The idea that we're supposed to be responsible and do things right. And by definition, we are falling short. None of that is true. But we swallow those ideas. And so we have to do something to get ourselves out of that. And, and I want to... I want to advocate to you that play is one of the best ways to do it. There's so much more for us. How could you ever believe that all that is would pop into existence as you and then forget to bring all the qualities of isness with it. How could that happen? I mean, it just isn't even logically, it doesn't make any sense. So right here, right now, you, exactly as you are, me, exactly as I am, we have all that we ever needed and ever will need. We are completely connected to all that is. There's nothing we're missing. We can just have fun being here, being us, doing whatever it is that sounds like a great idea, whether it's having scissorsaurus wars or finding a new job and loving the job or building a house or whatever it is that, that sounds great to us. We are here to play in this universe. We are here to play and take care of each other and do it in playful ways. When we do that, when we do that, then our souls just light up our souls shine 
And that's what we're here, our wonderful group here, Soul Shine. They, they get us singing every week, getting out of, you know, just the... I mean, really, think about, okay, go back to the thing that you want to create, okay? And get yourself in this position like this, okay? Get, you know, just put your head down and... And then think, okay, I'm, I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'll get by. <laughs> it's, it's like, actually, you have to embody it. And so when you find that, um, when we were doing the abundance class, we watched this TED talk, and she, and she was talking about power poses, and she was saying that they did these studies where people were in line. Yes, April used that power pose, and it looks like this. And she, you got an interview, like, right, the, you got the job, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so they were looking at the people that were in line waiting for their interviews and they're all hunched over and they're on their phones and like this and then other people were sitting there yeah I got this and and there was a strong correlation between the ones that actually got the job so when you think about whatever it is you want to create if when you're thinking about it you find yourself pulled in you're thinking oh it's going to be hard it is so get yourself into a position think about if i really made this happen how would i be walking through the world i remember one time a friend of mine told me she decided she was just going to try this on and she was going to walk down Wall Street and she was going to fake it like you make it that she was really wealthy and famous and she starts walking down the street in her mind she's got a mink stole or something I don't know whatever pearls whatever her idea of rich and famous would be and she walked out and people were everywhere she turned people were stopping and talking to her and she was amazed at the reception she got just walking down wall street because in her mind she was embodying a reality that was a stretch for her she was playing do you remember dress up mm-hmm what, as soon as you put on that tutu or that, that skirt, you know you can twirl and leap like never before, right? You put on those wings or Power Ranger outfits and suddenly you've got power. It comes with the outfit. It does. You know it does. So put on the mental out.